if you don't need to deploy stuff on the edge, then don't do it. Put your static files or like all of those things, like make it easier to ship over your existing networks and it would make your users able to get that information faster. The edge is not like a silver bullet. Hi there, and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm your host, Paul, and today we're joined with Obina Ekunu. So, Obina is a developer advocate. He speaks around the world about developing the edge and all sorts of interesting things that pertain to the way that we are building applications at a large scale today. Welcome to the podcast, Obina. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited for this one because we're going to be getting into some more nitty gritty of the edge and some of the implications it has on how we build applications. I think a lot of people talk about the edge. It's a popular topic. Um, there's a lot of products that have to do with the edge. You have, I mean, D1 from Cloudflare doing some Cloudflare research. You have workers from Cloudflare. Then you have Lambdas and Vercel and all these things. But what are some of the design decisions that impact? Mm-hmm. Is this useful? Is this a decision that we should actually be thinking about seriously? So really look forward to getting into all of this. You're an edge person, right? You like talking about the edge. You gave a talk recently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I gave a talk um, about a part of like, you know, using data and how it's handled in the, in this edge, like paradigm and my own thoughts on, you know, some stuff that I've seen. So um, yeah, I did that at Jamstack.conf like two, literally two days ago. So yeah. And at Jamstack.conf, was it a generally, were, were people kind of interested in the nitty gritty of what you were talking about? Um, Cause I feel like if you're a naysayer of edge products, you can quickly receive a lot of hate. Um, <laughs> no, 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 not really. I, I think, I think the, the thing about the Jamstack space or even like the tech technology space at this time is that what we're seeing, like the, the growth of, um, new technology and how like, you know, people are building stuff around these new technologies. For example, like edge computing didn't just like come out like today. It's It's been around for a while. And, you know, there's been a lot of research papers. As I was trying to make this talk, I saw like some IBM research papers on like 5G, you know, the edge, like what what's um, instantaneous um, um, data sourcing would look like. And seeing that, you know, in the Jamstack space, we rely a lot on like the serverless technology, right? And now there's like this new move to like, edge functions or, you know, what, um, what we're now calling like some, um, computation and storage benefits and lower latency. There's a little bit, there's not a lot of pushback, more confusion about like, what is this thing? Uh, which is where like, I like to like start. Cause when you say like the edge, everyone is like, there's some ominous music playing in the background, da, 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 you know? So, so yeah. Um, yeah, which is where I like to start, like explaining what the edge is for. Yeah, yeah I, I was. That was the next thing I was gonna get into. I feel like we explain what is the edge all the time on this podcast, and I really like the way that you approach the question. So, Obino, please take us away. What's the edge? Yeah. Um. So this is like we, you know, we call it like the edge, but it's usually it's actually um coined from like edge compute computation or like computing, which essentially means that like you know data creation and like com- um, computation is brought closer to the place that you know storage and computation is brought closer to the place that it is needed so for example if uh, a pascal example is if you were um building previously on like the on the on the webs on the web you would um 
deploy applications to like different regions, which is where we've like started from like regional deployments of like AWS Lambda or like, you know, Netlify functions or like usual functions. Like your US East one or your US West. Is, is that what you mean by regional? Yeah. 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 Regionals. Like, yeah. So all, all of those like have different locations. But now the edge says, um, what if we can bring this information a little bit closer to the user so that, you know, as you are developing, you're able to like deploy your application once and this will be replicated across like this content delivery network that's handled by like someone else, which is essentially the the same idea as like serverless deploy your functions and the functionalities that you need to this um to this space and then allow someone else to handle the scale for you and then but then this in this instance now the edge is cool because you know you have this information living closer to your users um so that's one of the major advantages of it yeah one one question i have is when you say i'm bringing my information closer to users hey we're talking about geographical closeness here because we're, we're talking about reason. okay so yeah we're talking about geographical closeness and then second off what is information i mean like if my website is my developer homepage, which is just html my information is a big html string um that can be chucked anywhere but if we're talking about running a bigger application i don't even know what that means so like how do you think about what is information and what how what does that mean to be close yeah um so this would this would usually the most general use case for it right now like you like you mentioned like runtimes like cloudflare workers or like you know dino deploy um having this um um servers like around like users and stuff right but the thing that I like to like point out is that, you know, as with every other technology, because this has just come out, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's the it's you should change how you're building stuff. It's usually a by case um situation. So for example, um there's this tweet by Jim I forget I, I suck up pronouncing last names, but um Nielsen. Nielsen, thank you. There's this tweet by Jim Nielsen that I saw and I asked him, I was like, yo, can I reference this tweet in my talk? Because literally it says Sometimes, like, if it, it might not just be like fast to send less over the network, like, then increase like geographical proximity. Sometimes, just like ship the like putting your application on the edge doesn't make it faster, like, it, it does make it faster. However, sometimes, like, you just need to reduce the amount of stuff that you're shipping, right? Like, um, if it makes the delivery fast. exactly, if if you're if you're like, uh, if you don't need if you don't need to deploy stuff on the edge, like, then don't do it. Like, sometimes, like, just you know, um, Put the app, put your your static files or like all of those things, like make it um, easier to ship over your existing networks, and it would make your your users able to you know get that information faster. So the edge is not like a silver bullet. Like if if it is important content coming from like a single origin, then just render it straight as it is from like HTML. It's probably like a way to make it faster um, and client side JavaScript to get it. Like you don't need to like do everything um, on the edge. There's also like this very cool article by Chris Koya, who's like the CSS tricks guy. Um, he he literally calls it one once more onto the edge, dear friends. It's, it's a bit poetic, but I like I like the he is poetic, so the way he writes is poetic. Yeah, yeah. It's like once more onto the edge, my dear friends. <laughs> I think the um what you're describing about making your application faster by putting it on the edge, like the best analogy that I've 
heard to this date is like if you're trying to render a video you're like oh you're a video maker obina as well you make your weekend filmmaker right that's one of the things that you said okay so you're trying to render something on your, on your macbook pro and it sounds like a jet engine you're like dang like i i i just need i need like a faster computer to run this app faster so then like you order from best buy and they're like no worries we're gonna ship it with expedited delivery and then they send you the same laptop yeah and you're like, oh wow, that's great. The thing's still slow. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I I think I think like the the I have like this analogy that I'm working on for like I mean I've heard it in different places. So a colleague of mine, um, um, Sunil Pai, like had this analogy of like think of like the air just like this big squishy balls with like a lot of nodes, and the information like doesn't live on one of these nodes like points on this map. Uh, it lives like everywhere at the same time but like it's a squishy ball so it could be like it could be anywhere like it's like a big ball like a smaller one I do, i'm doing stuff with my hands or like i don't know if you're you're, you're cannot, you can't see this <laughs> it is making a ball for all you listeners he's creating a snowball just picture that right. i'm creating like some some anime like some naruto um thing in my hand but the point is like you have like these different points so your example now would be when you order something on Best Buy, like they would bring, they would bring it from the closest possible store to your house. So you wouldn't like, for example, I'm in London, um, and I order something on Amazon, for example. Amazon would like ship me something from Singapore if they had it in their store in in Greenwich, just close to where I live. So the point is like just bringing um the content like close and and on the topic of the JavaScript, I mean that. Should we ship less JavaScript is like the the mantra of the day in the age right now. I mean, and it's great that the, the problem is being tackled, right? It's in the, the types of solutions that are coming out are really compelling. Um, what is one of the ways that you see this problem being tackled that you think is like one of the most interesting that maybe you've used or you've read about? Yeah. Um, so the, it's, it's funny that you say this because like I literally um, just had a call with a friend. And we're talking about like this new frameworks and how like, you know, the selling point of them is like more, you don't have to ship all this JavaScript. You can like reduce the amount that you're, you're shipping or like, you know, be more conscious about your use case and what works best for you. Um, um, one of the frameworks that really excite me these days is like Astro because like it's, its whole selling point is, yo, you don't need to ship this much JavaScript. Like, feel, um, you know, you can also play with some other um, 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 frameworks that you like within Astro. So it's a... Uh, so, I think like the the idea of like shipping less JavaScript to the browser will always remain. Like we'll always try to. There's something that I, I used to have this Homer Simpson evolution um, diagram in the beginning of most of my talks about like Edge or like Jamstack and like stuff is because I feel like we're we're finding newer ways to do the same things. Like um, again, referencing Chris Koya, he says you know if you're if you back in he had this article that said if you had if you put HTML on the page and rendered it to different people. That's the jump stack. It's like 1990, 1993 all over again. Yeah, I mean, so, so basically, we're doing the same things, but finding like better ways, and we'll keep finding those better ways and reducing the amount of JavaScript or shipping, or you know, trying to make it more performant. But my thoughts on performance is a whole different conversation, because <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like optimizing. When should you optimize? Why are you optimizing? Um, Why all of you should things. optimize? Yeah, that's a big question. I, everybody wants to optimize, but it's like, what does that mean? Right. So who's your user in the end? You need to optimize for them. That's a whole other conversation. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, we, we still ask ourselves, like, who's your user, like, in this in this space as well? Like, uh, I mean, 
for every for everything you're doing is mostly to improve user experience. So in the case of like you know the edge and like the way we deploy applications now, uh, and Dino has like this cool framework called Fresh. I think that's like totally edge like compliant. Um, you also have Cloudflare pages which you can use to like deploy actual applications on the edge. Um, it's usually concerned with like who's your user, like what do you want your users to gain from it. It's always uh, so anything we're doing is always surrounded by some some improving user experience, um, which is like something that really excites me now because before you would have products like oh this this product doesn't work, this one works for me, um, and it's more and now the issue is now the problem we're facing now is more of a user like what makes users feel awesome like you know I can use this three different things to do the same thing, but what's my preference? And companies are no longer like showing, it's no longer about who has the more resources and stuff, it's more about like who has the better developer experience, which is amazing to see. It's amazing to see and yeah, be a part of that <laughs> as a developer because you're like, oh, you're making it special for me. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you thought about me. That's nice. <laughs> um, so what do you think is one of the most... Um, the, one of the largest misconceptions about the edge, and I don't want to pigeonhole us into thinking about the silver bullet. Um, oh, I just use the edge and makes my app faster. Maybe like, are there some situations where you can think about where there was like the edge was thought about or engineered in maybe a suboptimal way um, or a common design pattern that, you know, people don't use the edge correctly? Yeah, um, I, I can't really place my like i can't really place any example right now i do know that like there's a misconception that like oh now that we're on the edge we don't need like regions anymore um the truth is that it's not one doesn't cancel the other in my opinion i feel like these things like work hand in hand in some way because at the end of the day um the difference between like at least the most obvious difference between like what we call the edge and what we call regions is that regions are separate they kind of like exist on their own and like deployed and like you know share information when needed however they are just like all interconnected and the way like runtimes work is a bit different um but yeah that's like that's like the only bit it doesn't mean like the end of cloud or like any other which is which is great so yeah the regions aren't going away they work with the edge yeah they work with the edge they, they are the edge it's like luke i am your father you know like the this that <laughs> so yeah um, and really quickly for any listeners, if you want to learn more about how to ship less JavaScript to the browser, um, and Obinov, you have not heard of quick. Oh yeah. I, yeah. That's a really cool one. And we just filmed an episode with the creator of quick. Um, so learn about it. It has really amazing ways. Like what they, what they did is they quite literally figured out if this website's going to run. What is every single DNA atomic action that is like going to happen within the runtime? And then they can stop, start, pause it and like selectively load islands as you need. And that's a really compelling like tool. (laughs) It's all part of this dialogue about how we create a better user experience. Yeah, I should definitely check out that episode. I mean, I have I have heard of like quick. I um, wrote like a starter guide for it. But like, yeah, I I haven't really used it to build anything. And yeah, I should. I should. I saw a talk about it on at Jamstack Conf as well. That I think this the CEO was was there of Builder.io. Quick is a different thing. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, what about the data storage? Because when we started this episode, one thing I talked, or one 
point I kind of made was, okay, yeah, you ship, you bring your data closer to the users. If it's my personal HTML page, my data is just an HTML string and that can go anywhere. But if it's like an application with a database, that's different. Now, or maybe if I build a Next.js app, it's okay, there's some server side, there's some client side, but it can be transpiled. It can be kind of pushed to the edge. That kind of makes sense to me. But what, what about bigger applications? Like there's databases, there's caches. Like how do we think about the edge? Are there edge databases? Like how do you wrap your head around this like big dark pool? This is like the bottom of the iceberg in my head. Yeah. So like, th so this is something that like also kept me up at night. The first few times I heard like edge, like cool. So we have our client, you know, deployed on some like edge server. Cool. We have our functions. That's cool. Some APIs, you know, we can do that. We like to depend on the runtime you use. And I'm like, I mean, that's all of that is nice. However, like what about the database, right? Like where's the information coming from? And this is like, uh, so, you know, applications and functions can live on the edge. That's dope. But um, it's not good enough, right? We have to like imagine a simple application where like, you know, you're sending a request to um, some API that's probably living on the edge and the client is living on the edge as well. And, you know, you have your database deployed to regions. That function is still going to make that round trip to like get the information back to you. Every time. Uh, yeah. And the truth is that, like, if you can't like bring the data source as close to like the edge node or the wherever edge node your is being called from as possible, then the advantage is like lost because, you know, if if my data wasn't like um, cached somewhere or like uh, or closer to, you know, if the user wasn't closer to the request, then it doesn't help. Um, so some of the some of the the solutions around this like that people have like used in the past obviously something that we still use is caching you know we like okay cool so if i have a region somewhere but i'm caching I, I can cache some information in an edge you know in an edge cache and then you know use that to like you know feed the user the information as soon as they need it which is fine however that it creates like a lot of issues like what do you cache right like where does it even end you know um so there's like different edge um, like Walker's KV, for example, which is a key value store, you can use that for caching. There's also like some D1 database, like you mentioned. I feel like we should talk about that like exclusively. However, like, you know, the point is people have found a way to like fix the issues on a use case by use case um, example. So like, but the issues like some databases and how they are built, I bit the way they are they were built for, a bit different from what we're using today. So one thing you mentioned was D1. So this is kind of a cloud, another Cloudflare product, um, distributed database on the edge. Well, I don't want to say distributed. It's an edge database, uh, PSQL based. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's a D1 is a Cloudflare edge database that's built on um, SQLite. Um, SQLite. Yeah, okay. SQLite. So when we say this database is on the edge, does that mean everywhere? If I run like a Cloudflare worker there, and I use a D1 hookup. There's probably going to be a database like co-located, maybe even in that same data center. Yeah, the thing about like the building on D1 is like so because it's built on Cloudflare's um edge, you know, database. It's built on Cloudflare's network. What happens is that you know you have like a master, a master like database that's like replicated across the read only is replicated read only replicas are on the edge network as well, and then you can have information sourced from those places. However, when you like 
make a new write or like a write request to those to the where the data is is going to is going to have to replicate across right so you have like one master that's replicated across so you can do fast requests but when there's like a new update um it would it would also replicate across as well and from what i know so far like it's in it's in alpha now so i feel like you know it's in people can actually test it use it to like build stuff there are a lot of like articles on like demos and like stuff that you can build i actually know the engineers are like building these things and if i say do say so myself they're like one of the most brilliant people i've ever met um and yeah i i i see like a, i see like a future because like cloudflare has done like a a thing in the past called like relational database connectors and it was pretty interesting what they did um because the thing is that like with databases like we've we've established like databases uh, are needy in some sense like they require like some tcp like connection to like be long-lived However, like when you have TCP and, and this is like a network layer um, protocol or something, and when you have like this, um, this bits like the database thinking that okay, I'm going to get a TCP connector, and the workers runtime is is built on like HTTP connectors, you have like that clash, right? And what Cloudflare did was really interesting because they they had they have this um, um, solution called um, Cloudflare Tunnel, which essentially um, it's powered by like this thing called Cloudflare, which is allows you to. So what I used to use it for is if I had a local um, testing environment or I'm building something locally, I can create like a secure HTTPS um, tunnel and send to you, and you would have like a actual you know HTTPS like um, version of that application and test it on your thing. So it creates like secure connections. So what they did was to put that tunnel between a worker and a database. And what that did is it creates uh, a sort of like a network that allows your your database to be spoken to in TCP and then your worker to be spoken to in HTTPS. And then both of them would just be having a conversation. And it's kind of like having a translator, which is which was really cool. Before, this was before like D1, but, you know, that still exists. And it was kind of a WebSocket fix to, to having current databases like talk to Cloudflare workers as is. However, I'm not, um, that wasn't like an edge solution. Like it was, it was just to like help workers like speak to, you know, speak the language of databases. And now with like D1, what they are doing now is building on that edge network with like SQLite. And I don't know how much um, people know about SQLite, but like it was like one of the first like serverless, you know, database like so, um, languages and stuff. And it, it helps, it helps that like um, you're able to, you're able to, build databases on this serverless like before like you know this serverless like paradigm and like move move the needle a bit a bit forward towards having like an actual edge database do you think that um we're gonna see databases like this becoming the de facto sort of like 80 percent use case product that people reach for when they're trying to create it oh yeah for sure i mean um we're trying to like again from the beginning we're like we're trying to make the world you know faster in every way like by shipping less javascript by improving usability by doing anything we're doing like essentially like when you refactor like some code that you wrote like four months ago to like you know do less do less and like be more optimal like it's to improve like some usability in some sense and you can see the shift by like how other companies as well are thinking of like databases and how their infrastructure their current infrastructure like plays like you um for example um you can see like support for 
databases and like edge functions. For example, one of the ones that are really that really excited me is um Planet Scale. Um, so when when you hear the name Planet Scale, you're like these people are going to be everywhere. And they started like they they, they introduced this thing called Planet Scale Serverless um, drivers for like JavaScript, which is essentially like a HTTP like API that supports um, global routing their, their global routing infrastructure. So um, this new infrastructure like enables global routing like similar to how CDNs work and reduces like latency. So it's essentially like some some thing that you can install to your existing client Planet Scale um, databases that allows you to like choose between like regions based on where these um, functions are being called from. So they added this support to like support things like Cloudflare workers, the cell edge functions, Netlify edge functions, you know, like everyone has like an edge function now, which is like cool. And databases are seeing that, you know, you want people to, to improve. I, I even heard of one new one at Jamstack.conf, which is a convex, I think. And there's also Zata, for example. So like a lot of databases are trying to like pattern their their um um their infrastructure because until this came out, like Planet Scale environments would like have you'd have to have that TCP socket protocol. However, like this new this new driver would support like HTTP and that would like support um fetch over fetch API. So, yeah. And then you could pretty much use it in any edge product, I guess, if you wanted to, because it speaks speaks application level HTTP. So, yeah, I I might be like in a box, but the the two major drivers of like the edge that I've seen is obviously like Cloudflare, and um, and Dino. Um, you can you can have like more. I think I I haven't looked into it, but like CockroachDB as well. I think, but there there are also like some um some databases that have. That were positioned or like built in an edge fest way, like Fauna or MongoDB, for example, or Prisma. Um, you know, put in like a, a way that's like allows users to query data over like this global distributed network. Um, but there's a lot of like um support for it now. So most of the people I see driving this is like Cloudflare or Dino, because um Netlify edge functions are like they run on Dino. And another thing that's really exciting is just like seeing how you know. Um, companies are open about the technologies that they use to make these things possible. Yeah, it's a new shift. For yeah. Sure. Oh, Superbase as well. Oh, how could I forget about Superbase? Yeah. How could you forget Superbase? Superbase? I mean, how? Oh, man. Yeah, they, they are, they're also like doing some really amazing work. Um, and they also have Edge Functions powered by Dino. So that's really cool. And that's a really new thing from them too. Um, just like in the past few months, yeah, Superbase, Superbase, the Superbase team is like they're they're always shipping. They're always doing something to improve to improve like the you know the developer experience, which is something that you know makes everyone excited because again, like we said, they're thinking of me. You get what I mean? And these are developers building for developers. So like, you know, I'm like, ah, chucks, you're thinking of me. Thank you. To close out our conversation about what the future of the edge is gonna be, if people wanted to like follow you and hear more from you are you on twitter or like medium or anything do you write or blog anywhere yeah um so i'm on twitter at obina speaks and um i also have a blog i need to like write more stuff to be honest like i i usually i usually like share more and like conversations or when i'm making a talk but i need to like go back to blogging more 
because I used to be a tech, I used to write technical articles a lot on log rockets, which is, <laughs> which is uh, really cool. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, I have like 20 articles on log rockets. <laughs> so like, so yeah, I need to, I need to go back to that writing some more. Um, Check out the log rocket blog then if you want to see Obino's work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Check out, not just my work. Like there are a lot of like amazing autos on there. I, yeah, it's really cool. Um, so yeah. Check me out on Twitter. Um, I have a website, um, obinaspeaks.dev. So, and Obina yeah. is O-B-I-N-N-A, two N's for anybody listening. Yeah, yeah. O-B-I-N-A-N-N-A, two N's, and then speaks. Dot dev. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time, Obina, and musing on the concepts of the edge with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here.